You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, good evening, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined this evening at half 11 on Friday evening by Matt Kendrick. Matt, you look like you're in a hostage situation. We've not quite worked out your lighting yet. We, we are getting there. Are you okay? Are you safe? Are you well? Send food. <laughs> Blink if you need help, etc., etc. Uh, right, yeah, I've been trying to sort this lighting, but it just won't. I can't. I, yeah. I can't be asked, mate. To be honest, like I said, it's half eleven. Um, yeah, we want to keep it tight. Have a little chat about football, and if I look like I don't know something out like of Bohemian Rhapsody video or something like that, <laughs> then, then so be it. Uh, but it was a win. Feel the three points. Feel them. Feel them. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, we will try and keep this to half an hour and be strict with time tonight because it's half 11 on Friday. If anyone's catching up with this over the weekend, you know, obviously enjoy this at your leisure and there's now an international break. So we will go in a bit more depth to the game we've seen in the performance um, in the next week or so. I did say there's a lot to talk about and you said, what is that? <laughs> there is a few kind of fleeting moments we'll, we'll mention. I suppose we'll start with, I mean, we'd usually start with team news, but let's kind of skim over that a little bit to save some time. Um, but just generally your, your opinion of the game, because it feels a little bit like the, uh, an opposite to the Man City podcast that we were talking about, where that was like an encouraging performance and an unexpected point, kind of feeling more more than that. And, you know, signs of encouragement going forward that there is something there and we've changed the system a little bit and played on the counter. Whereas tonight it's a bit like, forget about the performance. Three points was all that mattered tonight. Let's just get the three points. Is that fair, do you think? Did you get, i tell you what, did you get on our internal email today at work, did you get something that sent, that's asking you about sessions that help you go, this is a sleep specialist coming in next week? <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought all they need to do is just play play tonight's <laughs> game, don't they? It was, uh, yeah, it was fairly drab. It, it wasn't one for the neutral, but hmm. I thought I thought Villa were, I didn't think, I, could, I couldn't see a way we were going to score until hmm. we did score. But yeah. when we did score, I couldn't really see a way that Southampton were going to score. So I thought mm. it was a fairly comfortable, controlled second half. Um, but without us ever looking like we were going to go and get a second, but I didn't think we needed to. And then you mm. do worry, don't you, the last five or ten minutes that you think every Premier League team is going to have something in the locker where they can put you under a bit of pressure. But I thought Southampton were really, really poor. And I thought Southampton were probably poorer tonight than the team that we beat 4-0 mm. um, last season. But you can only beat what's in front of you. I'm not sure that performance from Villa would have beaten too much of the Premier League tonight, mm-hmm. but yep. it beat the team that they were playing tonight. So it was it was good enough given the, the context of the start of the season and that lifts us to seven points, which, you know, it's still not good enough, but it's 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 a step in the right direction after, after the Man City game. Mm, there's a comment here from Jason. He says, evening, fellas. There's a few Australian villains watching as well, by the way. Obviously, a decent kick-off time for them getting up early, so they're now starting their day with the podcast. Um, he says, evening, fellas. Would you take 10 similar performances if it meant we won more than we lost? Personally, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. Hopefully, we'll keep dripping improvements into our game. Kind of inclined to inclined to agree, to be honest. Like Football is about winning. You do want to be entertained and go and score goals. But, you know, we kind of say you kind of ground out the result tonight and it's kind of got over the line or scraped it or whatever cliche you want to use. But I'd much rather that than we threw it away one all or we lost 2-1, which we've done in previous seasons gone by and previous games gone by where you do something silly and, it, and all of a sudden it's one on. and you go, both sides were rubbish tonight and we still only managed to get a point or we, or we somehow managed to lose it. Both sides were poor tonight and we won. So who cares to an extent? Yeah, I'll t- take 38 of them, mate, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. We could get it. You know, there's, there's been very successful teams that have been built on similar, you know. 
I think that it's what it's one of those performances where if we we're in form, you'd say, "Oh, that's good. We're a team that can actually win games even when we're not playing well." Mm. That probably was us playing well. Is <laughs> 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 the slight concern, but we we won the game. Uh, and there's so many times so far this season where we've been naive or we've conceded stupid goals and we haven't kept mm. clean sheets or we've scored a goal and conceded straight after it and lost mm, the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. That I'll take it. I'll take it as a as a real kind of stable building block. To be honest, yeah, it's a great point. First clean sheet of the season as well, which is a, a nice little win for the for the defenders and, and Martinez as well. Um, and we'll talk, touch on those in a, in a little bit. Is that what we call it? Is that right? Big dub, big W. Yeah, whatever you yeah. want to refer to it, whatever the kids are saying today, that's what it was. Um, you, you've already mentioned it, the Southampton game last season, and we kind of hop back to that as one of the best better games under the Gerard regime so far. And yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at that and you think, you know, that's that's what Villa could be. That's what they can potentially be with with a squad when everyone's ticking along nicely. And Coutinho played 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 brilliantly that day. But we got three points for that win, and we got three points for tonight. You don't get extra points or bonus points for winning well or scoring more goals. So to a certain extent, I'm kind of just going to sit here tonight immediately after the game and go, "Well, we've won." I'm not going to analyse it to death and think, "Oh, we could have done this. We could have done that." And we will talk about some things that that weren't great. I'm sure we will as we go through this podcast. But we've won and. You've got to just enjoy that, haven't you? Yeah, so that's not won many games so far this season. If we can't at least be happy with three points, then what is the point of following football? Oh, I'm 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 chuffed because, like I said, it's. I thought it was a game. I thought we'd 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 scrape a win tonight. I thought we'd win two one. Uh, I thought it'd probably be more entertaining than that. But there's always at the back of your mind that we could come unstuck, and then any mm. any strides that we've made with that Man City game just suddenly get undone quickly. Uh, it's funny you say Coutinho against Southampton last time out. That was probably the best we've seen him at Villa Park in a Villa shirt. I thought he was decent tonight. I thought that's probably the best mm. I've seen him probably since then. Yeah. Um, doesn't say much for what his form's been like. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was a lot more involved, and I thought particularly first half. I thought there was a lot more going for us down the left than there was mm. down the right. I thought we looked a little bit pedestrian with with Young. I know, listen, I'm not digging him out. I thought he played well defensively, but I thought we looked a little bit pedestrian with Young and, and Leon Bailey down the right, um, particularly first half. Um, but down the left, I thought Coutinho, I thought McGinn probably had his best game, um, albeit a very kind of blood and thunder, you know, getting his foot in, you know, trying to lift the tempo of a very, very quiet you know, drab game. I thought down the left we we looked bright, but having said that, I couldn't I couldn't see a way that we were going to score. Uh, mm. And then when it goes, you know, the, the fellow next to me said, "Hang on a minute, I think I think they, they might have a look at this for offside." And I'm thinking, "Oh no, please don't." And then when they did, it's like every goal we score gets checked by VAR for something. Let's see if we can find a way to chalk this out. It's Aston Villa have scored. We can't allow that. Yeah, but f- thankfully, you know, they weren't able to rule it out and. Uh, it's it's nice that we can still we can still swear at VAR even when it's gone gone in our favour. I do like a rendition of uh, <laughs> whatever the phrase is uh, against VAR. But uh, yeah, I think it was. I mean, I'm probably glad that it was a little bit of a drab affair because I don't want this to last for an hour like usual. So I think we I think you've written, we'll you've still, still managed, mate. You've, you've still been a SWAT, haven't you? And written down about ten things. Um, but go on um, then. What else you got? Well, to a certain extent, I mean, it's where you want to go with this. Do we want to talk about performances or, or as a whole, as a team or individuals? Um, the Kamara injury, I suppose, is a quite a, a big talking point. I've not really seen much since I've got back. I don't know whether you have an alarm from Gerald that he's worried about um, Kamara's injury, which 
think he said the similar, the similar thing about Diego Carlos. He was worried about that injury, and we all know what's happened there. Surely, we're not going to see two of our signings, basically our only two first-team players, come in and get the major long-term injuries, are we? Surely not. Yeah, well, Gerard's very different in Dean Smith, isn't he, with the way he discusses his injuries, where if it was Dean Smith, it, be you know, Jack, Jack Grealish could be like, you know, <laughs> plasters on both legs, um, you know, on crutches <laughs> and stuff, and dressed like a mummy. And um, Dean Smith said, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's resumed like training. Whereas Gerard tends to say how it is, doesn't he? Uh, and I can't remember what he described the, the Carlos injury as. I think it was worrying or or concerning. And the fact he said the same again suggests that it might be more than just... I, mean, I don't even know. I, I've, I've been driving back. What what has he actually done? What's he actually injured? Do we know? Um so in an update to supporters, Gerard said, I'm worried about it. It seems like every time we get three points, it comes with a cost. We'll scan him in the next couple of days. But yeah, I'm worried about it. And um, what, what is it though? Is it... I, I should just put a oh, knee injury is, is how he's referred to it. Stephen Gerrard says he's worried by the knee injury Bubakar Kamara sustained during Villa's 1-0 win over Southampton. Now Kamara's got a late call up to the front squad, isn't he? Because we talked about this the other day, wondering why him and Dean weren't in there. Kamara then got called up to replace Rabio, I think it was. Right. Um, I assume he's not going to go in, on international duty now if, he's, if he has got a, a semi-serious injury. I mean, if he was out for two weeks, that's enough to keep him out of France. So... Yeah, it's a difficult one. You'd imagine those comments set, are setting us up for a scan in the next few days and a, a three-month injury or something. I don't know, but I mean, without speculating too much on, on kind of second-guessing what it's going to be, let's say it's six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, it's kind of worst case, let's hope, rather than a season-ender. How big a blow is that? Because obviously it's only, I think, nine Premier League games now or eight Premier League games until the World Cup World Cup break. If it's just that Kamara misses those eight, how big of a blow would that be? I think it's a blow to the evolution of Villa, which we haven't seen much of yet, to be honest, from from last season into this. But I know we've signed Bednarik and Dendonka um, on deadline day to to bolster the squad a little bit. But um, Diego Carlos and um, Bubakar Kamara were the signings that were supposed to... Yeah. evolve us, I think, and if both of them are missing for a, a length of time, it means that Steven Gerrard has got to get more of a tune out of the players that, that that he got from last season, which I still don't think is a bad squad. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it is concerning because, you know, we were raving about him, weren't we? You know, he's probably still over the course of the first... How many games we played now, Dan? Seven? Six or seven. Seven, I think. Yeah, the first, the, the course of whatever many games he's played, he probably has several. been. Several. <laughs> yeah, several. He probably has been the best player, I think, if you look at it across those those games as a whole. Probably been the mm. most consistent player. Although I think probably Mings is probably, probably been, been one of the most consistent as well. I'm sure we'll talk about the way he played tonight as well. Mm-hmm. It is a blow. I don't think we missed him tonight particularly because I don't think... Southampton were that much of an, an attacking threat that the defence alone couldn't couldn't contend with them. I thought Douglas Louise came on, probably came on, was very casual, to be honest, but still had enough enough to, to keep any limited Southampton attacks at bay. So it, it, it is disappointing. It is frustrating. It's frustrating for the lad as well because, yeah, definitely. I mean, take him to the Premier League pretty quickly. Um, you know, forcing his way into that, that France squad at a time where it's an exciting time for him for club and country. Uh, I just hope it's, you know, I hope it's, it's you know, 
Gerard fearing the worst, so that anything, anything, if it's just three weeks or four weeks, it becomes a bonus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's annoying. I think he's right. If that's the phrase that he's used, that all the good bits are coming at a cost at the moment. That that is that is a real pain because, you know, what was the other win? Everton. Everton got got the three points, and we got a, a serious injury. It's like we got mm-hmm. three points at home again, and another potentially serious injury. Um, yeah, it's a real pain in the arse. <laughs> I can say that because they arse. It's after the watershed, isn't it, tonight? All right, so after the watershed, almost until the next day, the next day is watershed. Can we mark this up as Claret and Blue at XXX rated tonight if I'm going to drop drop naughty words like arse? <laughs> I mean, we might have to at this rate. Um, I'm just trying to, find, trying to find the Premier League table very quickly. It's, set, it's seven games for us. Um, I just like the kind of generalisation of Gerard. So like, like, every time we win, we seem to get a bad injury. It's like, well, we've won two games. <laughs> One of those was tonight. So, so, so Stephen, that's your excuse for not winning. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's a small sample size, literally two games. Two games, two injuries. Uh, two wins, two injuries. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's frustrating, isn't it? like you said, for, for Kamara and obviously for Villa as well, because he's a key cog to the midfield. He's already struggling. Like you know, The midfield isn't great with him in there in terms of the balance and stuff. So without him, we're kind of back to square one again. Um, obviously, it is a couple of weeks now with international break. And it's Leeds, Forest, Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle, Man United and Brighton. And then we've got the World Cup break and we play again Boxing Day. So in terms of game, Tommy might miss if it is a six to eight weeker. It's probably not that bad. It's probably come at a, a good time to get a, a six-week injury with the breaks that we've got. But yeah, obviously not ideal. And we'll wait to hear further information from Villa in, in the next day or two, hopefully. Um then Donker's debut, I suppose, is a decent kind of segue in because he's probably the, the natural replacement to come in for Kamara. Um, didn't do a fat lot when he came on, to, to be fair, but, I mean, Villa didn't as a whole, really. Is there anything you've seen in that, I don't know how long it was, 20-minute cameo that you thought, yeah, that's all right, or no, he's not good enough? I, th- I thought he did bits, didn't he? He broke, you know, a couple of headers, yeah. Interceptions, he, he obviously brings a bit more height to our midfield than we've than we've had for a while. Since when? Since Jedinak, potentially? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought he was <laughs> it's really really bad but the fact that he, he didn't do much wrong he, he didn't notice him much suggested he didn't do much wrong but I don't think he was on the ball that often either was he I think he just, no, yeah. I think I think Villa again Villa probably a bit like um, I can't remember what, what match it was was it Everton I know we, we had a wobble late on against Everton but I thought the mo- most of that half was was pretty controlled without really going anywhere um mm. and i thought tonight was the same i just didn't it's very very rarely a back filler to hold on to a one nil and to mm. win one nil but i felt quite comfortable and quite confident and i suppose the greatest tribute you could play den donker is that he came on and was able to help villa bottle it up and 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 see out the game really uh yeah I think we'll see a lot more from him i think he'll be tested a lot more yeah, um, in future weeks so it's a sign of um, of our kind of control to an extent in, in Gerard's substitutions that were all, clear, for the most part, I know, all clearly kind of attacking substitutions of to try and go and get the second goal because I always still did think at 1-0, Southampton just get a free kick on the edge of the area, James will probably scores, it's 1-0 and we'll come away going, we've not played great, but we've, we've kind of thrown away thrown away a win there. Um, so, but, you know, brought Ings on, brought Brendier on. Louise came on as well at, at one point. Um, so I thought we were going for it to some extent, but there's still not enough to... We've said, didn't we, after the Man City game, that the performance there showed that we are capable of certain things, playing on the counter with a bit of pace and balls over the top. It kind of does 
does work to an extent, but I still kind of worry if we have to break a side down and take the game to them, can we do that? The opportunity was to do that tonight at home, Friday night on TV against a pretty average at best Southampton side. And we didn't really do that. We weren't able to break them down. I thought we were wayward with crosses. I think Bailey, one I wanted to talk about quickly, your thoughts on him. It feels like he needs three or four touches rather than when one or two would be good enough yeah, sometimes. And so. You've said a lot of times about wingers being flaky and stuff. And I saw a tweet from somebody saying, you know, wingers are a bit like that. But if they have a good 10 minute spell, that could win you the game if, if they score a goal or whatever. But if they don't have that 10 minute spell, Leon Bailey is a bit of a passenger. Yeah, I think there were a couple of occasions where when Villa playing slow and methodical, I don't think it suits Bailey. I think he needs to play fast paced and, and, and off counter, the counter. Yeah. So, when he's got a slower defender down and and and, and turning inside, I think I'm he overthinks sure it. Yeah, I'm not sure that's his best thing. And there was, I think, the best one of his best moments of the first half was when he didn't come back on his left. He just crossed first time, I think, on his on his right. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought he was a bit flat. You know, but I suppose you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's still not played a great number of Premier League games. Start definitely talent in, a, in there in a row. Uh, um, raving about him and the, the way he sacrificed himself for the team against Manchester City and worked mm. really hard for the team. So, you know, uh, listen, he wasn't he wasn't the only one. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was probably most of the team getting six out of tens tonight, which mm. six out of tens are enough to beat. I mean, I've not looked at Ashley's player ratings, to be honest. I don't know who he, oh, who he gave man of the match. Probably be Mings or McGinn for me, I'd have thought. Yeah, what do you think of McGinn? I've seen a lot of stuff on social media, just browsing Twitter on, on the way back in the car. There's a lot of people saying John McGinn's still the weak link and he really lets us down and this kind of thing. Well, I thought he was... oh God. It's probably his best game of the season so far, but I don't think that says a lot because I don't think he was that great and he's not been great all season. I think that was his best game so far. Yeah, it's a... being harsh, or is that fair? I think, I think you're right. It's a low bar because he's not been... He's not been what we want him to be and what we think he can be. But I thought he I thought he was good. I thought he you know, he, he got his he put his foot in, he, he tried I think he's better playing off the left. Um than playing he a couple of tackles top. early on and that kind of set the tone. I think the biggest chant the biggest um chant of the night for, for his name went up when he uh, had a bit of a scrap with one of the Southampton players and kind of all yeah. kicked off a little bit and he's like, Oh, that's kind of all kicked us into life and we spoke yeah. about this after the Man City game. It, it does kind of need that kind of stuff sometimes to kind of kick everyone into gear. Um but I feel like we're at the level now where winning winning a couple of challenges early doors to roll the crowd up. We need a bit more than that. Yeah, but we won the game, didn't we? Yeah, well, I, mean, yeah, no, I, I don't want to get too down. He's his way back into form as well. You know, he's been hooked off by Gerard in the last couple of games. Yeah. Where he's a proud man, and having that captaincy probably weighs heavily on him. And he wants to be part of a successful team, and he wants to justify the manager's faith in giving him that. So mm. you've got to let him build his way back into form as well. And if him building his way back into form is him tearing around and setting the tempo and giving us those moments that that kind of lift the crowd a little bit, you know, let's use that as a stepping stone for him. As well, yeah, the, yeah, of course, for the team. Um, I mean, there's, there's comments uh, that are uh, contrasting opinion. Just back on Bailey quickly. First comment said amazing dribbling, and that he was easily man of the match. Bailey was amazing, um, and then followed up by Joshua, who said Bailey really frustrated me. So those two totally opposite, and then exactly the same for McGinn. McGinn's passing was poor. McGinn's passing was really off tonight from two different people, and then Tombo McGinn uh, Mings. Oh, I read it wrong. I thought they said McGinn, um, but. There was one uh, from Alan who said Mings was better, yes, but more needed. Um, so again, you either think he's decent or not good enough. Say again? 
Sounds like the conversation I had with my nephew over my shoulder who sits behind me and he said, uh, he's digging out McGinn for something. I said, I don't know what you're on. This was like after about half an hour. I think McGinn let a ball roll out or took a loose touch near the touchline. He was slagging off McGinn and I said, McGinn's the best player on the pitch. And he said, don't be silly, Bailey's the best player on the pitch. And I was like, are we watching different games? <laughs> <laughs> football, right? it? Well, the, answer idiot, is, so. the answer is Tyra Mings, I think was probably yeah. the best player. So you're both wrong. Um, the comment from the Villa Talks podcast, I think they said McGinn's second half was good, but it was mainly breaking up play. He struggled when he really had a chance to play the through balls. I think that is the thing. McGinn kind of wins possession back and then gives it away by either losing possession himself or giving away a wayward pass. And you think, oh, yeah. you've done the hard bit. It's then moving on to a, a more talented player, in quotation marks, to, to then go and you know, create something. Yeah, um, listen, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not the kind of John, John McGinn kind of... Um... I'm not his kind of defence barrister or whatever tonight, but what I would say is McGinn would probably be the one who'd be more inclined to play those probing passes and those adventure passes sometimes mm. more so than others around him. So he probably yeah, that's not really running this game, is it? Um, but yeah, I think over the course of the game, I think Ming, Ming's was the the man of the match because you, you never you never ever looked in danger. Shad mm. must have had the most frustrating night of his life because McGinn. Won absolutely everything. I think was it you or somebody might be in the car on the way back said that he won hundred percent of his heading duels tonight and uh, uh, and on the floor as well. I've seen somewhere hundred percent of tackles and hundred percent of aerial duels he won. Yeah, so I think he was. He, yeah, I think he he probably was. And like you say, the reward was a clean sheet, um, mm. which has been a long time coming. Ashes player ratings quickly: Martinez six, Young seven. Concer seven, Mings eight with a little star, so that's man of the match. Dean seven, McGinn seven, Kamara six, uh, Ramsey six, Bailey five, Coutinho seven, Watkins five, uh, Douglas Louise six, Brandia six, Dendonka six, Danny Ings not applicable, didn't play enough minutes. Uh, I've had a few more sixes in there, I think. Yeah, I a few too many sevens. I thought Watkins was okay as well mm. without being brilliant. He didn't have much. To, he, he didn't have much to go off, did he? To be honest, I've, I, one thing I wanted to mention. Just I've, I will come back to Watkins quickly. Just um, what Ash said about Mings: strong, physical, and everything you expect Tyra Mings to be with a defender aggressive both on the deck and in the air. Didn't give Southampton a sniff and continued his decent streak of form, commanding and didn't put a foot wrong. Um, yeah, just on Watkins, the thing for for me when Watkins isn't isn't quite clicking, and I didn't think he was. I think five's probably a bit too harsh, maybe 5.5, if that's, if that's better. <laughs> Barely. Um, when it's not working and you've only got Danny Ings on the bench, you can't make a like-for-like like swap because Danny Ings can't play up front on his own either. So if Watkins isn't working, you kind of look at the bench and go, well, Danny Ings is a proven goal scorer, not Aston Villa, but elsewhere in his career. And you think, well, we can't really go like-for-like like here because Ings can't play up front on his own. So Ings has to come on alongside Watkins and then that doesn't really solve the problem either. So you do kind of think if Watkins isn't working and isn't quite on form in terms of being in front of goalies, you know, his hold-up play might be good, but he's got to be in the box and scoring goals to be classed as a, a good striker. You do worry about have we got the options to change it to actually physically make a difference. Yeah, listen, I think it's a good save for the goal, wasn't it, from Watkins' header? So I think he could have he could have been on the score sheet and he could have been the match winner tonight. And mm. It's one of those ones where if we'd have, if we'd have conceded a last-minute goal, or we hadn't have scored that goal, you know, five minutes before half time, whenever it was, we'd all be digging out probably absolutely every player. But I'm probably I'm probably in a mood where I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because we yeah. got over the line and we won the game. 
Um, yeah, I thought it was it was drab, but it was it was a three points drab. Yeah, and that's all I'm really really bothered about at the moment. You haven't got to kind of build that up, you know, with Forest, Leeds, um, Chelsea, Brentford, Fulham. You still be looking at that and going, there's an opportunity there for points if Villa Villa start playing well. And if you look at back to Man City, and I think obviously we know why games were postponed, but I think if we'd have played Leicester and beat them. We might have seen a better performance with more momentum tonight, and then maybe you know things are, are slightly different in terms of um, the performance. But it's three points—that's all you can really do. I don't want to complain too much because if I was watching the podcast and they were complaining after winning a game, I think, come on, come cheer up. But I'm also still not fully convinced. Going, oh yeah, this is all rosy and everything's perfect because that, that's also not true. I'm trying to find kind of a, a middle ground between the two. You know, my um, favourite bit of the night, and it's probably on your list anyway. Go, go on, guess. Just them turning the lights off at the start. Uh, well, yes. Well, I want to get to that in a second, though. Um, I was going to leave that till the end. Um, go on, then. Do it now. Talk about the Queen. Let me talk about the Queen. Um, I'll talk about the Queen in a minute, but I was want to talk about <laughs> turning the lights off. It, I thought it was, like, really nice. It was, like, really... Why can't... I know why you can't do it, because I sit <laughs> on the upper trinity near the front, and I'd end up tumbling over the front and kind of landing on the people below me. So I understand why the lights can't be off. But that that pitch looks so special. We like the little kind of mobile phones sparkling mm. around the, the four stands as well. I just wonder, you know, like when you're at the cinema and you have a little usher with a torch, <laughs> should have that who just kind of brings you into your seat because it just it's like it's like if you're at the theatre and all the lights are on the stage and not on the crowd, it's like that. I just thought I've never mm. really seen Villa Park like that, and I think no, I if you're all going through a kind of energy crisis. What better way of saving money than turning all the lights off and just letting those little kind of performers perform out there on the air? Just felt like really, I don't know, just made Villa Park seem even more beautiful than it normally is. Yeah, the, the pictures of it look really nice as well. Some of the pictures in our archives from this evening look, look, you know, the stadium looks really, really good. You know who the usher would be if that was a thing? Who would the usher be? McDowell. McDowell. Yeah, McDowell would be key for that, wouldn't he? He'd absolutely love that. Um, yeah, it was nice, a nice special moment. Like you said, I've, I've never seen Villa Park do anything like that before. Um, I've never seen the national anthem at Villa Park, as long as I can remember. Um, that was bad as well, wasn't it? Because you got that's this... That's strange, you know, yeah. You know she was? You've got this kind of classical classical trained singer who's coming out and belting in, you know, God save our gracious king. <laughs> and then he's like, like me and a load of hairy-ass brothers going... <laughs> <laughs> joining in like long live king and if she had to choose a backing choir she wouldn't choose us like would she but it was like really powerful wasn't it we, we kind of it really was good, yeah. it out. I didn't know Villa Park was that patriotic to be honest but it was no, uh, I, I said like I don't think I've ever even seen the national anthem at uh, football so I don't go to England guys my dad was like oh they've had it at cup finals that Villa have been to and I was like oh I've kind of erased that from my memory certainly not certainly not happened at Villa Park and yeah all the lights going off the, the minute silence was um, there's a couple of bits you could hear in the stadium. I've, I've seen it back on the TV since I got home and you can't hear anything. There's a couple of bits, which I assume is latecomers still outside the stadium and people yeah. in the concourse, which is very, very minor, the 0.1%. Um, but the rest of the stadium, really well done. Like you said, the lights from the cameras on the phones. Um, yeah, nice. And the 70-minute applause as well. Kind of another little go of the national anthem. Yeah, really nice. Um, obviously, sad circumstances, and we've not really spoken about it on the podcast much because obviously it's a football podcast, but it's a, a thing that's touched the whole country. And I think Villa being the first Premier League match to do that, being on TV tonight, hopefully there'll be a lot of 
mean, there won't be many neutral fans who have stayed for the rest of the game after that. But hopefully a lot of neutral fans will have seen Villa and Southampton do that at Villa Park tonight and gone, oh, they've kind of set the standard for how to pay respects with 40,000 there. It was, it was really good. Yeah, I think we've um, I think we've done Wills' nan proud, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. I think it was a, a really kind of poignant poignant moment. Uh, and what, 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 I'll probably ruin it now by going on to... <laughs> So I can't remember who it was. Some somebody on Twitter. I put, "Why can't we turn the lights off every week?" And some some wag on Twitter said, "I bet that's what Mrs. Kendrick says." <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was it, like I said. I think I've been in Villa Park so many times and seeing it in glorious sunshine. Oops, I've just whacked me light. Seeing it in glorious sunshine. I've seen it under the lights. I've seen it when it's you know this snow on the on the pitch and all this kind of thing. I've never seen it like that before mm. with just that that little bit of a pitch showing. It just, it, it's something new. Even some little the little bits around the edges. Well, I don't want to go too far into this because I said I was trying to keep this short and we are going to hit half an hour in a sec. But even like the managers walking walking their teams out is something that you yeah. don't see at, at a home game. And the players coming out with no music was also quite strange. Yeah. I was almost kind of like, oh, they're out. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know they were coming kind of thing. Um, yeah, just a, a nice little... No, I thought Villa did a really good job on it. Nice little tribute, yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought uh, presented really well. It was really, really, they did it, you know, got it bang on, I thought. Yeah. Back to the football, and this is why I wanted to leave. That's kind of touching nice end to the podcast because now we're going to go up to the nonsense of the football. Another thing that I noted down that I wanted to talk about because it was just funny and I thought it would be good podcast uh, fodder Danny Ings's effort from the halfway line <laughs> in the last minute. <laughs> Do you know funny. what? Um, I thought. I thought of. Do you remember when Bailey scored the goal against Everton and Danny in, Danny's just played a kind of crossfield ball, fairly blind, mm. and it's been perfect. <laughs> and you think I'd have got it closer from I'd have got it closer <laughs> than that? Would you? Well, somebody I don't know whether they watched the podcast, but somebody that sits near me said it was like the half-time game, and they just got a fan up there to have a go at it. That's how that's how bad it was. Um, I, I was going to try and get get to them and say I'm going to nick that for the podcast because it made me, made me and my dad laugh. Um, I mean, if they had have had that effort from from the halfway line, they would have at least won their height in whatever beer sponsors Aston Villa um, for for that effort. It's, just, it's another thing that you don't you don't see very often that the the keeper comes up and you actually get a chance to have a bit of a break off the off the back of it. And Danny Ings, you think, oh, probably one of the better players to have an attempt at this if someone is going to have an attempt rather than a an Ashley Young or Luca Dean or Tyrone Mings or whatever. They, they probably would have done better, to be honest. But for Danny to have that go against Southampton, who obviously gets a bit of stick off um, because because of leaving them. Yeah, not not a great effort. But I was just like, can you imagine what that would have felt like to just see it trickle over the line of just about bouncing and we win 2-0 and that's the second goal. What a great, great moment that would have been. It is something a fan would do. You don't, you don't see many. Obviously, I think Petrov did the halfway line one, didn't he? You don't see many players do that, do you? Because you yeah, see, they don't do it, do they? and they just kind of keep onto the ball or whatever, mm-hmm. or hold the ball. So for, to take a kind of wild swing at it is a very kind of fun thing to do. Hey, what happened to that game? Because I thought that was a new introduction, but they didn't do it this time, did they? I wondered whether they would, they would just stop not doing the light-hearted stuff today because oh, of the, right. the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like a little somber atmosphere, and then like, oh, here's here's Dave who's going to have a go at a penalty and fall yeah, on his backside or whatever. You think that was agreement across the board with both teams? We can't do any kind of entertainment tonight. <laughs> yeah. Keep it somber and as uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. as serious as possible. Uh, um, speaking of Dave, I met somebody called Dave today. Um, 
just at the, the opportunity. I think he'd had a few, to be honest, but he was very, uh, very friendly and uh, he's an avid listener. So I promised mm-hmm. Dave a shout out. And then I was walking back. Oh, where was I walking? I was walking. I'm not going to give away my, my location. I don't want anybody to steal my, my parking space. But there was a, a guy called Ray as well who said that he's an avid listener. He's not really asked about the football. Oh, that's three asses now. Four asses, five asses. <laughs> he's not. He's not. I didn't get the memo about keeping this somebody though. He's not really bothered about the football chat, but he likes when we go on onto weird little segues and stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Speaking of weird little segues, <laughs> what do you think? Have you had a go on those little scooters that have been left? Are you going to say that? No, I haven't. But we walked past a few of my granddaddy's in his old days. Now it's very slow walking to and from the stadium. He always says we got to slow down and don't walk too fast and all this kind of stuff. We walked past one of those scooters on the way there. And I was like, oh, granddad, jump on this. You'll you'll whiz yourself down there. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. How do they work? Do you just like put your card on them and they give you like an hour's energy or something? I had a know? quick look and it said something about like downloading an app. So I think you have to like sign in yeah. or something and maybe I'm not paying for that yeah. hey speaking of old men um yeah. <laughs> we're struggling to get to and from villa park my dad goes up those steps in the to the top top of the trinity he's wheezing a little bit by the time mm. he gets to the top but i think that's i think that's pretty good he's 70 odd minutes how old my dad mm. 70 72 71 coming up 72 so big fair shout out to old martin yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where this is going. There's a couple of other little bit of serious points I wanted to mention. Let's try and wrap this up in three three topics. All right, because I didn't didn't want this to go too long. And we always wrapped headed. Oh, staying there tonight. I'm staying here, luckily, oh, which is why I'm happy to kind of keep going to a oh, certain extent. Um, two press conference lines from Gerard and or Marvin to Sky to and McGinn. Have you seen them, or do you want me to read them out? Shall I read them out for the sake of the listeners? Yeah, read them out. I think one of the lads was playing in the back on the car, but I was only half listening. Okay, so Stephen Gerrard, it wasn't pretty. I don't think many would have enjoyed that, but for me and for us, it's a big victory. From from a personal point of view, I've been guilty of trying to move it forward too quickly. Maybe it's a slower process. Maybe it's going to take a bit more time. Um, I'll do McGinn as well because they're basically from the same point of view. He said it's huge, the win. Um, we've been criticised this season for not grafting, but tonight we fought for every ball. It wasn't pretty. If I was watching on the television, I would have turned it off. We graft week in, week out, but it's a waste of time if we don't perform at the weekend. Now, I'm inclined to agree with the sentiments, but I also think, what does that say if you're <laughs> the captain of the side says that that football was so drab, I wouldn't have watched it as a neutral. You're playing in it. Do something about it. Make it more entertaining then. Um but oh yeah, I'm inclined to agree that it's not so much about the performance to a certain extent, and it's all about the three points. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, I'm not afraid you can't put lipstick on a pig, can you? I mean, what, how are they supposed to dress it up? They can't say, you know, it was, yeah. it, it was scintillating. If, um, if they said oh, it was a good result, or a good performance, and we made a few chances, we'd all be going, "You're talking rubbish there." That weren't that wasn't a great game. Yeah, I'd say I've been guilty of moving moving it forward too quickly. Yeah, I've been guilty of trying to move it forward too quickly. Maybe it's a slower process. Maybe it'll take more time. And he said something similar after Man City about you know kind of taking it on personally. And I'm trying to maybe do too much at once. Yeah, I can't I say you can't say his team's been guilty of moving the ball forward too quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really know what that quote means because I've not seen anything change. I think I don't against Man City. It was a change of tactics, and we were going on the counter, and you could clearly see it was different to what we'd seen so far. Whereas today was what we saw before Man City, the three in midfield, Coutinho out wide. We've yeah, seen that before. He, so I don't know. Is he? 
is it his fullbacks not quite committing themselves Possibly. so much and perhaps not leaving themselves so open and so vulnerable that way? Is that Possibly. a change that we've seen? I think, I think in a wider perspective, I think he's just saying, I don't know, just taking, taking some responsibility and just a bit of self-appraisal, saying, I've not got this sussed, I'm still learning. I think it's. I think it's just a case of be solid first. We've kept the clean sheet. We've won the game, which is you know one nil is is a nice scoreline. You've not conceded. You've won by one. Nice and simple. But the football isn't great. But like Nate says here, he was talking about playing pretty football, going back to basics. Um, which again, if things aren't going well for you, that's what you can do. Go back to basics first and foremost. Get the clean sheet. Get Aston Villa nil first, and then and then build from there. So if that keeps grinding out results and Villa start moving up the league table, will all his fans go, we'll kind of put the performances to one side for a second and that will be something that comes with Stephen Gerrard down the line two or three years as manager, potentially, and building some kind of project rather than just thinking it has to be now or never. I think we've also, as fans, are a little bit get guilty of being impatient and we do kind of have to win win now, but... Maybe, yeah, there ain't but, many no. managers to build the front six before they build the back, yeah. back five, though, is there? So I think getting that, getting that solid unit, getting fullbacks probably who defend first. Um, mm. You know, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because we've had Ashley Young in there who has to conserve his energy because he's an old man. Uh, so you know, he has to pick his times when he when he gets forward. And whereas Matty Cash plays gung ho, and a lot of the attacking kind of impetus comes from him which does leave us does leave us vulnerable at the back so um yeah what, what else are we gonna say i'm getting i've had enough now have you <laughs> a couple of bits again just douglas louise douglas louise's corners funny isn't it again at this point didn't it sound like a, didn't it sound like we we're booing him though when everyone was shout, shouting shoot I did wonder whether the, the, the language barrier might have potentially made him think, I'm going to take a corner here. I've scored a couple of corners, guys. Why are you booing me for? Because it does sound a lot like booze. Um, well, that, that he actually does, though. Like the first, he's one of his first involvements, and he puts like loads of kind of side spin on it and tries to bend it in the in the far corner again. It's, it's, it's all very um, kind of Tony Pulis long throw, isn't it? Stoke City 2008 yeah. or, or whenever it was at that. He's like a tactic now if Douglas is on the pitch and we've got a corner. There's a half-decent chance he's going to yeah. at least kind of test the keeper here and win another corner and, and maybe that's the one. Yeah. Uh, I still don't think I, I think set pieces in great. You know, he stopped his move to Arsenal. I think Austin McPhee <laughs> threw his like the, like the bodyguard threw himself in front of Louise. Because <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's the best way of Austin McPhee getting his bonus, I think, by, by Douglas, Douglas Louise having shots. <laughs> Stay to the bloke next to me because we've got a free kick a little bit later that, that Coutinho had, I think, and, and, and mm. smashed into the wall. Um, saying, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a free kick centre at the front, you know, like about 30 yards out, fairly central, or would you rather have um, a corner? And he said, well, let, let's hope that he hits his free kick and deflects for a corner. <laughs> we'll have a chance to go on, isn't it? Um, There's a comment here about yeah. that Car- Jamie Carragher on comms thought that Villa fans were booing. Um, I don't know whether that's true or not. I'll just have to take that as as the truth. And it does sound like booze, but it definitely was shoot from everybody all out of sync, and it just kind of sounds like a boo. Um, but yeah, Doug's always well score a couple of corners again. I would have thought so. It's a good good kind of thing to have a fast sleeve as long as that isn't the only tactic. Play for a corner and hope that he, he puts one in. I had a hot dog tonight, by the way, from Smoky Joe's. I don't normally eat at the villa, and nice. if I do eat, I should, probably should go further up to something a little bit more exotic. But I just had a. Was it one of those big foot-long ones? No, it was just a normal standard. I don't know. Yeah, I had a foot-long one a couple of weeks ago. That was really good. What's your... Um, I know they would probably go into old territory. What's your condiment on um hot dog? 
tomato sauce. I don't like mustard. Oh, I'm a mustard man, I am. But if I was having like a sausage, like a fry-up sausage, I'd have brown sauce, not tomato. Yeah, if I was having... I, think I want to have brown sauce on a hot dog. I'd have brown sauce on a sausage sandwich, but I'd have, I'd have ketchup or mustard on a hot dog. Mm, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. The very last thing I wanted to talk about was Martinez Minutes. I texted you this um, during the game, so I didn't forget you it. What on about. Martinez Minutes, let's get that copyrighted because Mar- Emmy Martinez comes to his own in the final kind of eight minutes of a game, the last five minutes plus stoppage time. Somebody he went down for an injury again, which is what we saw against Manchester Man City. Somebody on WM on the radio on the way back was saying, oh, Martinez went down injured. I was fearing the worst. He was pointing to his thigh and I was thinking... It's the same thing we saw against Man City. It was just like it wasn't this barrage of onslaught from Southampton, but it was just the same time wasting, wasn't it? Unless obviously I'm not right, but he managed to get himself a rousing rendition of kind of ooh, Emmy Martinez. I don't think he's had a save to make. <laughs> wrong. He's come, you know, he's had to the most difficult crosses is when he's had to kind of jump over Esri Conza or, or whatever to get the ball, but he hasn't had too much to do. But he's managed to get hero worship just by Falling over in the box with what we think is a bit of a fake injury, and then just giving it loads to the north stand. Does he ever give it loads to the whole end, or is it because he's always towards the end of the game? Uh, yeah, he turns back to the to the north stand if we're down that end. But at the end of the game, and all the players go over and they're singing whatever it was, he was kind of giving it in time yeah. or whatever they were singing. Like, was it Sweet Caroline? That's not sweet Caroline anymore, is it? I don't know. I was. It's been a. It's been a, it's been a long night, to be honest. I don't really know what's going on anymore. But yeah, how he's not been booked more often for stuff like that with obvious time wasting, and like when he kind of clutches the ball to his chest and falls to the floor slowly and sits on it for a little bit and things like that. And like I said, it's not kind of breaking up any Southampton momentum, but it's annoying, isn't it? It's that all their yeah. players will be going. We know he's obviously fine. Like it's just getting in their heads a little bit. And that's I, if that was happening against us, I'd be fuming as a fan and as a player. So the ref was decent tonight. Did you? It's all right. It's not like I didn't put. I didn't note it down. Of oh, we've got to talk about this referee decision. So I suppose that puts him in the good category for now. Anyway, I thought he was. He, he let it become a physical contest where it needed to be. Mm. He booked, booked a couple, didn't he? I think he booked. Hi, her Aston Villa. Of course, it was. Yeah. It was what? What? Hi, her Aston Villa. So he kind of in time with that. He was giving it to the whole end at the end. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of the football. Um, yeah, nothing on my, on my little notes I scribbled down in the car that I wanted to mention. The Kamara stuff is is kind of the the thing we'll wait on and we'll do another podcast in the next few days if we hear an announcement on that. Obviously, it's a, it's a couple of weeks now till the next game, but that's everything from Southampton, unless you've got any more shout-outs you want to get through. No, what, what are you doing over the weekend? Because it's a Friday night and the, uh, our Villa victory's won. Weekend starts here. Uh, I'm working tomorrow. Right. <laughs> bloody Steve Wollaston, if he's watching this. Uh, put me down on the rotors and I'm doing this at midnight. Um, yeah, I'm working, I think, 12 to late or something, so I'm staying over here tonight, going out for an early morning walk with dog and then back home to work and then Sunday, I don't know, shopping and boring adult stuff probably. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Anything more fun than that? Um, I won't go watch Alzo in town tomorrow afternoon, actually. Oh, I won't yeah, go nice. watch the They've started the season in some style, I think. Um, Playing the FA Cup? So... Tomorrow. Because some people are playing the FA Cup second qualifying round or something, so I don't know how the owner's still in that. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to go drinking in Loy tomorrow mm. night with my mates. More Loy? Because there's some, there's some decent kind of old man pubs around the edge of Loy. So probably mm. go down there and have a, have a curry. Apologies to anyone who lives in Loy, by the way. 
for my oh, comments and, and for not for my comments and for living there. <laughs> <You're> horrible. <laughs> I almost moved to lie to fair. I did look at house there, but change my mind. Anyway. Um yeah, so I'm gonna go for a few drinks. I mean daughter I'm not going, but my daughter's going to see Villa Ladies versus Manchester City. Uh, yeah. Um, women versus Manchester City on Sunday. So shout out to uh <laughs> <laughs> Should we call it a day? I think so, mate. I think so. God, it's ten past midnight. I know. I did want to try and finish this at midnight and do half an hour, but we've run over with talk of hot dogs and and condiments and all yeah, the kind I'm of nonsense. So. Yeah, I think man, get to bed. Yeah, I'm working tomorrow, but we couldn't do this tomorrow, and I didn't want to wait till Monday. So I thought let's just get it out of the way on Friday night and do it. But yeah, there's, there's 350 people still now at the end. Oh, so fair, fair, fair play to everyone for watching. If you're watching this on Catch Up, you can get involved in the in the YouTube comments um, and on Spotify and all those kind of things. Like I said, we'll do another podcast on probably Tuesday now, I suppose, because obviously it's bank holiday on, on Monday, so we won't won't do anything then. Um, yeah, kind of look at the Kamara injury. If we've heard more on that, um, kind of reflect on the next couple of games and assess the performance in a, in a bit more detail. Maybe get Pat and Ash or John and people like that to actually talk about what we've seen rather than the nonsense that you and me have just talked about for 45 minutes. Um, thanks everyone for watching live still at this hour. Um, we appreciate your support as always. Matt, thank you for your time and your generosity. Um, yeah. Generous. We done? Yeah, like generosity of your time is where I was oh, going with that. All right, you I'll didn't have to do this basically, so thank you for it. No, we do it for the love of it. Okay. All right, thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you again in a few days. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.